there are many times in life that we may feel like we failed and failed and failed, but we just need one success. We just need one light bulb moment for us to make a difference. Are you wondering what's next? Has everything you tried failed? Or maybe you just feel a little bit stuck? Then coaching may be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship that's totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life, want to start seeing results, reach out to Incredible for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to paulferrandi.com or at I am Incredible on all my socials. Click the link in the bio for your free coaching session. I want to make sure you become the best version of yourself. Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Welcome to the Incredipal Podcast. And now, sharing his expertise, experience, and excellence with the world, here's your host, Paul Ferrandi. Welcome back to the Incredipal Podcast. I'm Paul Ferrandi. This is episode two, where we talk about resilience. Purposely pause there. Your audio is working. Resilience is a word that I feel like has been thrown around a lot, whether it's resilience or grit, perseverance, all of that. But what does resilience truly mean? No, really, think about that for a second. What do you think about when you hear that word? Are there any examples of people you can think of when you hear the word resilience? When I think of resilience, there are a few people that come in mind in history. One is Thomas Edison, who we know as the creator of the light bulb, uh, but he also created a lot of other things. But I could also say that he is a failure as far as the fact that he failed thousands of times much more than he was successful. But that's not how we do things, is there? We're not defined by our failures. We are defined by our successes. So that is a key thing right there. There are many times in life that we may feel like we failed and failed and failed, but we just need one success. We just need one light bulb moment for us to make a difference. So Thomas Edison is a good one. Abraham Lincoln, the resilience he faced leading the nation during a civil war. How would you like that you become a leader of an organization and half the organization does not if you want to be a social with the other side organization? But on a larger scale, a civil war. He led the nation during that time, tried to uh, bring them together. I mean, he was not perfect by any means. None of us are perfect. We're all, we're all human, but he is an example of resilience. Another one I'll toss out there, Albert Einstein. You're about to say, Albert Einstein? Really? Yes, Albert Einstein. Surprisingly, if you haven't really looked into his background, as a child, he was labeled slow. And he actually failed out of school uh, when he was young because he was bored. Not because he uh, he wasn't smart, as we all know, but he just needed to be challenged enough. So that is another key thing. There may be times that you have been around different things, different people, and you don't feel like you necessarily belong, maybe... Uh, things bore you easily or you're attracted to other things. Maybe you're just in the wrong area. You have to be in a place that actually stimulates you. So that is very key. So when I talk about resilience, uh, I've talked about it a few times, but it really came about when I was doing this talk at Iowa State. So I, I think I, I mentioned in my previous 
blog in the first episode of season two. If you haven't watched that, go back and watch that. Uh, where I talk about imposter syndrome, but I went to Iowa State University, studied chemical engineering, graduated over five years ago, so almost six years. And I've gone back a few different times to talk to students, but this particular time, I was talking to a freshman engineering seminar class, and I was just going through sharing my story, trying to encourage them because they're freshmen in engineering. They don't necessarily know what to expect in engineering. It's their first semester as well. So I was contacted by the the director of the Multicultural Affairs to talk to this class and just share my story um, and answer questions. And so throughout this time, they're asking, like, what's life like? Being a real engineer, as far as doing chemical engineering, what does that look like? What were some of the things I did in college? What have been some of my failures and challenges? And I shared, I shared my story about a lot of different times that I had failed. And I'm sure I'm going to get to this and this podcast as well. But one thing that stuck out to me is they asked me, what kept me going? It was a good question, but it's one of those things that you look back and you realize that, hey, I could have given a deeper answer. I said something about being motivated and staying track of my goals, blah, 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 which is good. But I hadn't really thought about like a process or a formula to resilience. And that's really what I want to share in this podcast. When you think of a word, and I really, I really like definitions because when you define something, it allows you to combat it. It allows you to do something with it. So resilience, I'm um, looking at the dictionary.com definition right now in front of me, is an, an, an ability, sorry, stumbled a little bit, an ability to recover from or just easily to misfortune or change. And I'll highlight recover and easily because there are people that maybe they recover, but it takes, it takes time. It takes years or, uh, and so it's not easily or some people, Something happens to them and they're never the same and not in never the same as in like a, a positive aspect, but more so in the negative light. Uh, so that is not what we're looking at here. Resilience is ability to recover from or just easily to misfortune or change. So talking about uh, resilience a little bit, why is resilience important? Are there any things that you can think about? Like just to pause here for a couple of seconds, just think about it. why is resilience important? And on top of that, how do you get resilient? So feel free to, to pause, think this through a little bit. I think this is kind of a little bit of a coaching technique. Just think about those questions before I dive into this a little bit. And so this simple formula I came up with, um, by no means is it perfect, but it's something that I've realized over my years that has helped me a lot. Three key things um, you get resilience through. Patience, practice, and self-discipline. And patience is a, um, almost a bad word to most people. When you think about patience, it's like, okay, I'm going to have to deal with something that I don't have to deal with. I know some people talk call it long-suffering um, but really, it is suffering for a long time at times on um, practice. So it's not something that happens overnight. I know there's a lot of different things that talk about either get rich quick or five easy steps. And I'll provide you with some steps for developing resilience, but it takes practice. It takes being intentional. 
It also really takes understanding that you need to develop it and self-discipline. So that self-discipline or discipline in general is doing things when you don't want to, when you don't feel like doing it. Uh, so it definitely takes that. So let's dive into a little bit more talking about why self-discipline. So I think I talked a little bit on the last podcast. If I didn't, I am a part of the John Maxwell team, which is this a certified member of the John Maxwell team, which is a group of uh, leaders and coaches. So I'm more focused on the coaching and speaking side of things for John Maxwell. And we're really about adding value to people and really making a difference. So that's, that's all it's about. And so I read, I read a lot of John Maxwell books and this quote that he had from developing a leader within you 2.0 really sticks out to me as far as self-discipline. Successful people do daily what unsuccessful people do only occasionally. Think of that for a second. Successful people do daily what unsuccessful people do only occasionally. So let's break that down. Let's think of it as something as simple as exercise. I mean, it's February. We're still early um, in the month or not in the month, early in the year as far as uh, different goals and resolutions. So maybe yours was to to start exercising. If you're successful in exercising, you're going to the gym every day, or maybe your goal is to do it every day. Maybe it's four or five times a week, but you're in the gym, you're consistent, you're doing it. Whereas someone who's unsuccessful might go once a week, once a month. They might put in four hours um, in one week and then the next three weeks put in nothing. So if you just look at it in individual situations, you say, oh, that person putting in four hours. Oh, that person must be really dedicated. But check in with them tomorrow or even the next week. Are they still doing that? It's that consistency. It's that self-discipline to continue to do the things you need to do whether or not you feel like you want to do them or not. So some simple steps to uh, self-discipline. I'll say simple, emphasis on simple, not easy by any means. It's a process. Is to avoid temptation. So with exercise, that might not necessarily be a good one for avoiding temptation. But let's say about diet and the diet part of it. If you are trying to change your diet and you're trying to eat healthier, Avoiding the temptation might be when you go to the grocery store, don't buy those cookies. Don't buy those chips. Don't buy, like for me and St. Louis, don't buy gooey butter cake, which is hard to say and hard to do because it is a phenomenal dessert. If you've ever been to St. Louis area, I digress a little bit, but don't buy the things that are going to tempt you. You need to avoid temptation, whether it's uh, temptation to excessively drink, don't go to bars or things like that. Not to say it's not going to be easy because whether you have friends or different habits that you, you do or um, activities you're associated with, if you want to be self-disciplined, you have to avoid temptation because when it comes to temptation, it's a question of when, not if you get into temptation because if you don't actively get yourself out of it and try and run away from it, it'll eventually overcome you. And this is the other concept of pay now versus play later. So what is self-discipline? Like even this podcast that I, I've started doing. So it's that second episode. Still trying to understand what this is going to uh, be like. Um, for those of you listening, excited you joined me on this journey. But it is 
not the easiest thing to set aside time to do this, to record and then to edit it, um, to listen to yourself over and over. Unfortunately for me, because I've been able to uh, speak a lot the last couple of years during a pandemic, it's been virtual, a lot of it has been recorded. I've got to hear myself more, but I will say the more you hear yourself, it becomes easier, but that doesn't mean it's easy. So doing the things you need to do and then playing later, so to speak. Other part is get back on the wagon. So when it comes to self-discipline, there are times that we're not going to be able to do what we want to do. So let's say it's diet and exercise and you had a goal of working out four to five times a week and eating healthy all consistently. I would say it's really critical in the first three weeks for a habit or really the first month to consistently do it. Um, but after month two or three, that's when certain things happen that there's more leeway. It's more, it's already a habit and they're just one-off cases. We just have to be careful with it. So let's say you go on vacation or it's like a birthday party and there's cake there or there's ice cream or whatever it is. And you know, you're not supposed to have that stuff or you have a limited amount that you're, go, you're telling yourself you can have. That's the best way to do it. You always want to have like a cheat day or a cheat meal a week. Um, so that that's the dedicated time. But let's say you went above and beyond what you're supposed to do. That doesn't mean that tomorrow you're going to have another cheat meal or another cheat day. What that means is, hey, I didn't achieve this today. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. But tomorrow I'm going to get back on a wagon. I'm going to continue to do what I was supposed to do. Whether it's um, not eating sweets, I'm going to stop eating sweets. I'm not going to eat more vegetables today. I don't know what that means. But making sure you keep your goal in front of you and don't let it slip up, cause you to mess up and just give up. So when it comes to self-discipline, key things are knowing yourself. So we all have different things that we are attracted to. Some people really love sweets. So I definitely consider myself a sweet tooth. Other people can't stand sweets. I know my mom doesn't really like sweets. And I sometimes I wonder how we're even related that she doesn't really like sweets. So just understanding what it is about yourself that you control. So for me, I try not to buy sweets at all. Like to be occasionally, if I if I go out to something, I go for a meal, maybe I'll have a dessert, but I try not to keep that stuff in the house. Avoiding temptation. So if you have a temptation uh, to do certain things, whether it's excessively drink or eat, all that stuff, just not putting yourself into that situation. So maybe asking to do different activities. So I know a lot of times our culture, it's always centered around food and eating. But I had to do different things. So like, I know with COVID, it's been harder to do the things or you have to wear a mask or things like that. But doing things are more active, whether I know it's winter now. So maybe you can't necessarily go outside, um, but go to different things indoors, whether it's like an arcade or uh, maybe even playing video games with friends, but trying to do things that are not going, getting you away from your goals. Our thing with self-discipline is that take sacrifices. So like I'll use the podcast, even the stuff I'm doing with Incredible as a whole. So Incredible, I do a lot of different speaking and coaching with Incredible. I also am a founder of NALA, National Association of LSAMP Alumni. So that takes a lot of my time, a lot of my, quote, free time, so to speak. So I might not necessarily have the time to keep up with all the different shows that are on TV or play as much video games with my friends or my brothers or things like that. I do dedicate time to do those things, but it is reduced because of the decision I made of 
trying to add value as best I can. And self-discipline is definitely little by little. Don't, don't try and do too much all at once, especially when it comes to different habits. Like I know semi beginning of the year in February, we're all about, Oh, we're going to do the, we're going to, we're going to lose weight. We're going to eat better. We're going to work out seven times a week. We're going to read a lot of books. We're going to get back in church. We're going to be better spiritually, whatever it is. Take that stuff little by little. Don't overwhelm yourself. And so I'll go through this uh, pretty quick. I won't go too much in detail, but the really what I come up with with this kind of formula as far as how to gain resilience, it spells resilience. So it's like an acrostic. I think that's the word for it, where the first letter of each word spells it out. So I'll give it to you all at once and I'll kind of break it down a little bit more and maybe and share some stories along the way. First is rejection is in- inevitable. So R, realize rejection is inevitable. The E in resilience is evaluate the mistake slash failure. The S is surround yourself with the right people. The I is invigorate yourself with the goals you've set. L is leverage small wins first. That second I is inspire yourself with a plan going forward. E is execute the plan. N is never say never. Shout out to Justin Bieber. We might get a sponsor for this. Anyway. C is choose your next opportunity. And then finally, the last E is expect to succeed next time. So those are kind of the, the steps. And I'll break down a little bit more. I don't want to spend like an hour going through this, sharing different stories, um, which I probably could. But I'll just share some key things for all of this. So rejection is inevitable. So everyone has faced rejection at some point. I don't care who you are, if you're you're president of the United States, or you're just a, a kindergartner or high school, college, rejection is inevitable. So one quick story I can share about rejection is that real story about this uh, with even my job with Nestle is that I currently work for Nestle Purina, but before that, I actually had interviewed for a role with Nestle USA um, out in California. Um, near Bakersfield, which is a couple hours, I think two hours outside LA. So definitely different feel from the Midwest. Um, and I got through the process, the initial interviews. I, I went to the on-site interview, had really good rapport with the team, got good feedback from the team, from the recruiters. I was fully confident that I was going to get the job. I was going to be living in SoCal, making ice cream, learning all about that. Um, and then week later got the email that I was not selected for the position. And at that moment, it definitely was tough, but I would say it's not the first time I faced rejection. So I learned over the years to learn from rejection and ask for feedback. And what main feedback was that the team loved me, but just as far as my experience, the other, the other people, the other person they had, chosen to make an offer to have more experience. So it had nothing to do with me, it just had to do with just really the overall business and their decision to make sure that they were continuing to get better. That's a lot of another thing that has to do with rejection, that oftentimes we focus on ourselves and what could we have done wrong. But and I tell people this all the time when I'm helping them with different resumes or interviewing or just the job searches, that a lot of times the rejection has nothing to do with you. Like sometimes they can, and that's why we want to 
when I work with people and either I'm, I'm coaching them or I'm helping, like really consulting and helping them to the process is as much as possible, working on the things that they can control within their space as far as having a robust resume that is um, concise and really to the point and meets the job description, as well as uh, making sure they are not nervous and they're used to interviewing, used to talking about yourself, because that is a skill that you have to determine. That really goes into the next one, the E, evaluate the mistakes last failure. So like in this situation, I evaluated, okay, what did I do that was wrong? In this case, I actually didn't do anything wrong. It was just the circumstances that lended themselves was that this role was not something that my background was the best fit for. It did show that you didn't need to have as much experience as the other person may have had, but the other person had more than enough experience and was a better fit. And the team also liked them. And if another set of situations that person had not applied or wasn't in the running, I would have got the job. So that's something that was out of my control. The S is to surround yourself with the right people. Whether it's reaching out to friends or mentorship and coaching is powerful. So I have a friend and a mentor, a coach that I've been, I've known since 2014. I met at a conference. His name is Brian Thomas. I'm going to have him on a, on the podcast because he's really powerful with the way he, he comes across and the way he communicates. He's just really inspiring. I've already talked to him. I know he's going to be on an episode um, coming up, but really making sure you surround yourself with people who are encouraging to, encouraging to you, people that aren't trying to bring you down. I know it's not always the easiest. Family can be someone that can surround you, but I know not everyone's family situations are the best. So maybe it has to be friends, but Making sure that people are speaking life, life into your situation, not death. People are focused on the positive and not negative. Obviously, you want that to come internally and really in, increasing your internal motivation and guarding your self-talk is important. But if you're surrounding yourself with people who aren't doing those things, it's just going to tear yourself. It's going to tear you down. It's not going to be the best for your situation. And then I invigorate yourself with the goals you've set. So I'm not going to spend too much time here, but really understand what are the goals you've set. And at this point, if you haven't set any goals, you need to stop and reevaluate. Well, what is what are you actually trying to achieve? Where are you trying to go? So I know for this particular uh, thing with Nestle's that I was trying to get more into the technical realm, more into um, process engineering and product development as my background is in chemical engineering. Was doing some a lot of stuff that was putting me on a trajectory towards a kind of fast track to management and getting me away from the technical stuff. So that wasn't meeting my goals, and that's why I set forward to look for a different job. Other thing is to leverage small wins first. Ask yourself, what can I do right now, or what can I do today, or can get done this week? So with this this situation, when I got rejected, I realized, okay. What I can do right now is just take a moment to just evaluate how the interview process went, um, see what I did well, and just look deeper into different qualifications. What I realized is that, hey, when I'm applying to different jobs, maybe there will be other people who are applying who are way more qualified. Maybe they should be applying for other level positions. So maybe I should target something that is more closer to what I'm doing. Um, but will lend itself as far as the career advancement and development to where I want to go. So that's what I did. Next is to inspire yourself with a plan going forward. So 
you we vigorate yourself with the plan, but as far as some of your plan going forward, as far as what's the timeline of activities I want to get done, whether it's um, applying to different jobs, networking, or doing different things, like what do I need to do next? And at this point, what I realized is that I just need to, to take a, a break for a little bit, um, just give myself a week to focus on my job, um, just clear my head a little bit, and just really understand, okay, where is the company or opportunities, I really understand like where where I can get these opportunities that are gonna lead me where I need to go. Next is E to execute the plan. So execution is key. You people talk about if you if you plan to fail, you play out the plan. You can have the best plan in the world, but at the end of the day, it's just a piece of paper. It's just something that's on OneNote or document on OneDrive, whatever it is. If you don't execute on the plan, it means nothing. You need to execute. Do what you're saying you're gonna do. Hold yourself accountable, and if you have to get an accountability partner as well. The end, never say never. This is where self-talk comes in and really understanding where you're coming from. Um, what has happened in the past does not necessarily mean it's going to happen in the future. But don't let negativity cloud your judgment, whether it's really looking at uh, uh, looking at inspirational stories or talking to people who have done things and achieved those goals, whether I'm a big fan of LinkedIn, connect with people who are like-minded as far as going forward in their professional journeys. Um, those people who have, if you see someone that has got a job opportunity or announced a promotion or something, don't be afraid to reach out and congratulate them, but even say, hey, I'm, I'm looking at this, uh, this opportunity. I don't know if you can help or if you just want advice on how to go through the process or you want to reach out to me. Like I said, incredible. I have helped a lot of different people with career transitions and also with promotions, things like that. Whether I've helped people who are around my age in their late 20s to people who are younger, um, in high school, more than high school, more college internships and first time jobs, through people who are older, who are 10 years, 10 plus years. So the process is the same. It's really just honing in on any gaps you have. So I would say a lot of times if you've been at a, a job or position for, I would say, over five years, that most likely if you haven't been consistently applying or doing different things or some stuff that you might not remember how to do or something to have changed since then. So that's definitely something I can help you with. But key thing is don't, don't never say never. Don't let negativity cloud your judgment and don't listen to people who have given up on their dreams. There'll be times that people come up to you and like, Hey, oh, I had that dream. It didn't work. Like, and they try and tell you that your dream is just the same. It's not going to happen, that you should give up while you can. Don't listen to that. It is the people who are convinced that they can change the world or are crazy enough to think they could change the world. I can't remember who had that quote. Those are people who do. Successful billionaires now, whether it's Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or Bill Gates, all these people, at the moment when they're doing what they're doing, no one else thought that that was even possible. And now from them, this whole revolution of billionaires and startups, whether you're self-made or not, all that stuff has come because they made a decision to do it. And so to see as I wrap things up is choose your next opportunity. What am I tackling next? What is my next goal? So as you do this, you have to figure out, okay, what am I doing next? Am I going to apply to another job? Am I going to look at other opportunities for me? I realized that, hey, 
I'm from the St. Louis area. I know Nestle might have rejected me, but Nestle Purina is there, or Purina, as you know, with dogs and cats. Um, do they have any opportunities that fit my background? And can I apply to them? And then lastly, expect to succeed next time. Or the key battle we have is a battle in our mind as far as if we think we're going to succeed or not. And so if you already in your man, in your mind, if you already in your mind think that you're going to fail, you're going to fail. Like that's guaranteed you're going to fail. If you already think in your mind you're going to fail, it's going to happen. But if you believe you're going to succeed, not to say that you will succeed, but there's a higher likelihood that you're going to succeed. But at the same time, even if you don't succeed, you can learn from it. I, I can't tell you how many times that I've learned more from my failures than I have from my successes. And that's because I reframe failure into something that isn't me, but something that happens to me. Because a lot of times, I, I say this a lot when I talk at, at different workshops and keynotes, conferences, is that the key thing, like if you can get in your head and reframe it, it, it takes time. And I also honestly have to remind myself is that failure is something that happens to you. It's not something that you are. A lot of times you will, when something happens, like they'll say, I'm a failure or I can't do this. I never amounted to anything. There's nothing I can do. But no, it kind of goes on along to imposter syndrome. But failure is something that happens to you. It's not something you are. Whether you need a coach and I can help you there, or if I'm not the right coach for you, I can recommend other coaches as well. I know a lot of different coaches. You really need to expect to succeed next time. So that's really the breakdown of what resilience is. And I hope that is something that you can take away, something you learned or maybe something that you're currently doing. And I kind of broke it down for you. But a key reason for resilience is that it leads to success. It builds character. And it's a focus on the future. There's a, a few key books I can recommend as far as I really talk about resilience. One is Failing Forward by John Maxwell. That is one of the f first books I read by John Maxwell when I was in high school. And I really reframed my focus of what failure is. Um, another one is Grit by Angela Duckworth. And that is an amazing book. It kind of talks about the difference between grit and resilience, but those two things are really good. So those are definitely key things, key takeaways. But I want to hear from you. I want to hear your stories about overcoming resilience because I think there's power in in stories. There's power in overcoming. And every time you hear someone's story, it just it for me it just it's a joy to hear. It's a joy to see. I think that's why we have motivational speakers because of the power of resilience, the power of moving forward, taking another step when they felt like they couldn't take another step. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of podcast talking about resilience, um, really breaking it down as far as how to build resilience, what are some key steps. If you have any other topics you want me to discuss or any other speakers you want me to have on here. So right now I'm going to be doing it monthly, but if I get a, if I start to get a lot of speaking requests, maybe we go to um, twice a month, so I'm add more value that way. But if you have anything, reach out to me on social medias. I am Incredible on Twitter and Instagram. And soon to be on YouTube as well. And if you are on LinkedIn, just search Paul Ferranvi. But then I have an incredible LinkedIn page. If you're old school, 
Um, or I think it's really the easiest way to get in touch with people is by email. It's P-I-Faronbi, F-A-R-O-N-B-I, P-I-Faronbi at Outlook.com. So if you like this podcast, definitely support it if you can. So Anchor has about a lot of different ways to support, whether it's a dollar a month or $5 a month, whatever you can do. The more you give to this podcast, the more I can do with it. And I can dedicate more time to it, get new equipment, get the right speakers on here as well, and just continue to add more value. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Looking forward to hearing from you and go be great. Thank you for listening to the Incredible Paul podcast with Paul Ferranbi. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. And be incredible. Incredible. incredible.